Robbie's a no show because he sucks. Robbie is having margaritas and daiquiris on the beach in Colombia. Is he? he took... <laughs> That's a cocaine vacation right there, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Man. He's on business trip. When people say they're on business and they're going to like business. Colombia, I have questions. I have a lot took, of questions. He took his wife and kids as cover. It's all a cover. He's partying hard. <laughs> can you really party with kids i swear to god someone's like yo bro you want to come and hang with like honestly no <laughs> they're like what i was like even when i was young i'd probably say no because i'm not a party type of guy but now a party is me calling people over and joining like xbox game party that's a party a party I for me is kid knocks out mad early and i have mad time to watch tv and sleep in the next day that's legit <laughs> i would not go out if i could do that <laughs> My kid knocked out at 7.30 today, which made me so freaking happy. Normally, he's been yeah. knocking out at around 8.39, which is really like putting a strain on my life. But yeah. he didn't take an afternoon nap today, and he just fell asleep. And I was like, blessed child, you are giving me my evening of me not fighting with you. I actually watched a TV show before I started this podcast. This Yo, is insane. I, this I is have so like freaking blessed. I got a late night tonight for with work wise, so I put the kid down mad early. I conned him. He usually <laughs> goes to sleep at eight o'clock. Yo, <laughs> remember the I, first I, time you said that? <laughs> I put him down at like seven twenty. Yeah. And he went to bed for like ten minutes. He realized, yo, what the fuck? I don't sleep at this time. He woke up pissed. <laughs> fucking shaking his fucking crib like he's in jail. Yeah, let me out. This is fuck. Yeah. Then, he insisted on me giving him a business card, my business card, and he went to sleep with him holding a business card. <laughs> That's actually pretty baller, man. Like he's he's going like, to sue me or some shit. He's like, I'm going to give this to my lawyer. So I'll send him yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah, oh, exactly. Smokes. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. It's about nothing. I just want these guys to know you got another thing coming, bitch. I'm still around. Yo, before we get started, I have one thing I wanted to get off my chest. As always, I just got to get something off my chest, man. Sometimes life is just like that. Got to get shit off my chest. Before before you say anything, you better fucking introduce yourself and me. Oh, oh yeah, introductions. Do introductions. Yeah. My name is Shinda Singh. I have no notable titles to myself. I'm just Shinda, a.k.a. Singh. No, I take that back. I have Singh to my name, which is a huge title in itself. So yes, so do like Indians from all over the world and every part of India. Like Tamils have Singh in their name, Raj Rajasthani Zoo. Who doesn't, man? Who doesn't? And my pronouns are he, him. Uh, so be sure to address me properly because I feel like any other misrepresentation of me would be considered assault. Yeah, if you say they, you'd be pissed. Nah, I'm cool with they, man. Call me Tusi if you want. But you, oh, shit. you are yo what are you saying what are you AKA saying ranjit singh he's right douchebag ranjit up in the house esquire sleep make it official ranjit esquire he's a lawyer he does he sues people I'm, for a living i always put this object. out there i always i always remind people that you're a lawyer in case you want to sue me i'm going to be like no no sue him he's the guy who takes care of that not me I don't no know i about. mean sue the podcast but yeah podcast not incorporated it. I mean, yeah. Sue the podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, what happens? I don't take care of it. What happens if you sue the podcast, but the podcast isn't a real entity? Does it just go to null? Um, well, they got to do their fucking due diligence and figure out who to sue. So I'm not going to make anyone's life easier. No. <laughs> just in case. There was but... a time when I was getting sued and the guy was just dropping random lawsuits to every single person on a forum who talked shit about him. And he couldn't figure out how to sue me, which was beautiful. Because everyone around me got lawsuits for like up to a million dollars. How'd you not get named in a lawsuit? I don't understand. You just put in the person's fucking name. People don't know my name. Oh, I mean, they don't know your real name. But even aliases work, man. Or John Doe. They kept putting me... No, but it's not even name. They need to know how to get in touch with the... I don't know. I'm such a ghost sometimes. I'm a ghost when I want to be, even though I'm like front and center on social media nonstop. Right. Right. Anyways, good luck trying to sue us for anything we say here because it's all based in fact. So, And it's all editorial opinion or some shit. Can I say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck it. Whatever. Everything applies. All, all defenses on the table. Look, man, look, I'll be honest. I'm going to be honest and upfront with you. I have zero money for you to take. This is just going to be one of those fruitless lawsuits that I'm going to just keep putting everything under my kid's name anyways. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the basic kind of get out of lawsuits. I loved it. Every time I did. Did you improve? Yeah, they just put everything under every single kid's name, under under their wives' names. And like, they were yeah. untouchable until they got divorced. And then You'd be surprised. Out. You'd be surprised came? how often, like, uh, somebody will call me. They're like, you know, kicking the tires on trying to retain me. They're like, but Baji, you know, I can I just put my house in my wife's name now? After the lawsuit started, <laughs> like, uh, no, it's kind That's of obvious, just... right? <laughs> <It's a little laughs> what you're doing? It's kind of a little late for that. They're coming for the house, brother. Um, now going after houses must be lit. Two oh, million man. dollar, three million dollar houses. It's crazy. Everybody's going after houses. Any any default on any like agreement, loan, anything, it'll be like, all right, let's go for this house. Even banks are probably like, yo, we're foreclosing, we're closing that shit today. Banks. We're we're not we're not worried about letting people under banks mad greedy with that foreclosure. Yeah, yo. Anyways, actually, that's not what I wanted to get off my chest. What I wanted to get off my chest was I just a few minutes ago watched the Star Wars trailer. Are Obi Wan Kenobi. Goosebumps. Disney Plus. And I will hands out, hands down, say this was the best looking Star Wars TV show to date. It made me feel ways that Mandalorian didn't, that Boba Fett didn't. Was there any other show actually? It's just been those two, right? No, there was one more. Uh, series shows? No, I think just those two so far. So I asked kind of like Obi Wan Kenobi character. I I don't know. This was by far though the best uh, Star Wars trailer. It looks like it's decently budgeted i don't really care for you know when i say the show scene yeah, production and budget that's what you care about look the production budget but the story i read the obi obi-wan kenobi is one of the few star wars like actually no i read a bunch of them but it was one of my favorite star wars stories where obi-wan kenobi's living on uh, tatooine um even though it's boring itself because all he's doing is walking back and forth between this katana and like cantina 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 whatever they call him but Obi-Wan's like a proper Sadhu type guy to me. So an Obi-Wan show, which is, and then they got the Inquisitors and they're hunting down uh, Luke. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but yes, goosebumps, like you said. Oh. Um, it made me smile. It was the one time watching Star Wars. The only time I smiled this much watching one of these Star Wars TV shows 
was Mandalorian when Luke made an appearance to get them out of jail or whatever. But yeah, I feel that man. First of all, I wanna I know the fucking Yoda's in the background there in your room. So even though you front, you're not a big Star Wars guy and you shit on things that you shouldn't respect. Um, I but yeah, know man. for a fact I'm probably a bigger Star Wars guy than you. You think you're a bigger? I mean, you're a Trekkie. Let's be clear, you're a Trekkie. You I like probably, both. I like both. I like all both. I know is I've read more Star Trek. I've, I've known I've watched read more Star Wars novels than you. Yeah. Uh, how many have you read? I read four. No, not many. All right, like so I got seven, eight, seven, eight. That's probably it. Okay, fuck. Well. All right, your Star Wars penal. Yeah, but like I, I, I know old I canon. All, I, I'm, I, not, I'm not familiar with new canon. So I watched all the cartoons. I didn't watch Clone Wars. I watched Clone Wars. I watched Rebels. I watched. No, I, uh, I watched that other one that came out recently. Bad Company. No, it wasn't Bad. Company. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was Bad Company, wasn't it? I think it was Bad Company. But... Yeah, it was Bad Company. Yeah, I watched Bad Company. I haven't read the comics. I really wanted to read the comics. I haven't caught the comics. Um, but I've only done, I've done like four of the books. Right. But. So we're and like, fuck the dick measuring contest on who's the bigger fan. Uh, let's just recognize we both are, uh, um, nerds and that it's that we need to go touch grass. Yeah. So at least at, at the very least, then maybe you can like, I, I, did, I was taking some notes. Like I've watched mm-hmm. this trailer now for like, I think that I watched it with you now. So that's probably like the fifth or sixth time I've watched it in the last two days. I wanted to save uh, watching it till today because I'm a a loser. And yo, there's like there's like so much that's teased in there and like given away. Like I just fucking hate trailers, but it's such a catch twenty two. You don't want to watch it, but you do. So like Obi Wan, this is like the time period after the prequels before A New Hope, I guess. Yeah. So we have like that like 20 25 year old gap when like luke's a fucking baby and then he goes off to fight the you know and this Darth is when the rebel saga is happening yeah me. yeah and the, and the jedis the jedis at this time like are still getting hunted by you know darth vader's group they're called something i forgot what the name is the inquisitors uh, yeah, yeah 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 exactly uh they're carrying out order 66 so like this this trailer kind of fucks with you a little bit because like everybody thinks that Obi Wan Kenobi is exiled to Tatooine, and he's like his job is just to fucking watch, um, you know, Luke grow up and keep him safe. But then the Jedi trailer, <laughs> the trailer, the trailer has act like has scenes that what looks like a like Coruscant or some shit. So it looks like he goes off world, right? So um, they're opening up a door for more adventure i guess i don't know and i'm expecting to see vader at some point or another and, and they're showing some old characters like the uncle guy who raises luke is in there as well um i hope they use the original uh anakin actor to be vader that'd be pretty cool i i heard rumors that that's the case that he but, might be making an appearance yeah yeah that'd be sick um so I think I think most of the series and there was a limited series going to be fucking about the Inquisitors, but I'm guessing there'll be a Vader appearance. I hope it's more than appearance and you actually get some fucking like. I feel like it's going to be a lot of background noise, like the. Yeah, yeah. Found them. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Just but like I, actually, I want to see. I want to see like fucking shit up. I want to see. I want to see Vader as he like comes into his role as Vader, like her mm. young Vader. Kind of, you know, I mean, when 
Luke came into uh, Mandalorian in that one scene, I was taken aback. Like in the prison scene where he's freeing, I was like, I had no. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. caught me off by surprise. Right? Like it was like, holy shit, what the fuck? And I was losing my shit. Like, oh no. And then afterwards, when they did Luke and Boba Fett, like showing him crane, uh, I can't even say his name, but when they were craning him, young, young. Thing. Young Yoda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Young Yoda. This is Gru, Gru, Gruger, Grogu, 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 Grogu. Thank Grogu. you. Oh my god. When when they were uh, training Young Grogu, I'm like, you know what? Y'all putting too much of Young Luke in this, in Boba Fett. I just yeah. didn't. I like, you know, that's a whole. You guys are going. You're combining the two. Like, I realize all the same universe, but like one thing I liked about the Rebels the movie was that it was without the Jedi, right? It was just like, what are the arm people dealing with in this situation? How are the arm soldiers fighting this out? Right. I really liked about the Mandalorian where it was like, let's just follow this one guy in a Jedi-free world. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that time, I didn't mind the Luke thing. And now we know that there's like a f- these three Jedi power uh, force wielders out here. But I don't know, that one time I was like, man, you guys are putting too much, too much, of, this, too much of this back thing on Luke, which if you're going to do it, do it properly. But don't kind of tease us with it to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt like I was getting teased too much there. But with uh, this one with Obi Wan Kenobi, I know it's Jedi. I know Jedi are going to be a bigger focus and like a part of it, which that's kind of exciting that they're going in that direction with it. So yeah, like to your point, what what they did with Luke in Mandalorian, where he shows up and at the end, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? That's amazing, and they leave you that cliffhanger. I don't want that cliffhanger in Obi-Wan because A, I don't want a cookie cutter approach to each series. So it's yeah. like, now I'm expecting it. Like if I don't see Vader for all the entire series, I'm expect him at the finale. Yeah, fair enough. Right? And I think now that you mentioned it, I think that's where we're going to see Vader. Final scene. Have you found my trust? Yeah, but I'd rather just have him like episode six. Just have him in there now. Like that'll be the cliffhanger to the next week. But like, and make something more fucked up happen because there's i think it's palpatine's voice at the mm. start right so no palpatine's oh, around oh i didn't even catch that oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah, Palpatine. It, like that i mean it has to be palpatine's voice at the start right okay yeah 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 so palpatine's there maybe like he's a surprise i don't know but or like something he does is really surprising i don't know but what I about really Leia? Hope... yeah and like leia's on what's her What's She's... that planet, man? Alderaan. She's on yeah. Alderaan. All right, fuck, I'm such a nerd. Princess, uh, queen of Alderaan yeah. or whatever. Princess. Yeah, yeah, she's been raised on Alderaan this whole time. Maybe, like, you know, something with her happens where, like, her guardian parents <laughs> show up or, you know, Vader finds out that she's somewhere and they're chasing her or something. I don't know. But, something but like, cool, Vader never really acknowledges that he has a daughter in the movies either, right? It was never like, you are my daughter. They kind of like, you are my son. And then later on, Luke's like, you are my sister? Oh, Yo, It's all a bunch of Punjabis up in the galaxy, man. Some boy prejudice there. Boy uh, boy bias. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, I had a crush on... Luke had a crush on Layla. And they're like, well, I guess we're not romantic in this anymore. That was, uh, that's I just a, want to get yeah, that off that, my chest, man. That's a but, huge debate. Did he actually about, like, like her? No, no. He liked, like, liked her. Uh, or did he just have a connection and he didn't know what it was? Just figuring okay. it out. Hmm. I, I like how you wiped out incest from the Star Wars universe with that. Yeah, I mean, because they're both fucking force-sensitive people. Like, there's something in them telling them that there's something connecting. And they're twins. Like, 
I'm just saying he didn't have a stiffy when he saw her. That's all I'm and saying. And they're twins. Maybe it wasn't even a force country. Maybe they're just twins. Right. Yeah. And they're like, huh, I feel like I should have shared a crib with you. What's going on here? But uh, talking about like the force and getting rid of like the dark side, uh, India Polis Punjab elections just happened to yesterday. The results came out. Elections yeah, yeah. happened like what a month ago. Yeah, but that's uh, actually pretty know. cool. They have their elections and then they're like, we need a moment, a month of peace. Everyone just chill. And then, you know, we're going to count out these ballots and then release always, the results. I'm always curious that people aren't more up in arms about, like, corruption and, like, votes being tampering? tainted at that point. Yeah, vote tampering. Yeah. It's kind of, I've yeah. never really understood it. Is it a big deal? Am I missing something there? You know what? I'll be honest. I think they've just always done elections this way. Um, they all assume that there is vote tampering. You know, not to the point that Trump does it, but they all assume there's some amount of tampering. Um, you always now they do I think it's electronic voting there too, so you'll see like videos um of like the screen, you know, glitching or something. I think in some places there is electronic, but still most places ballot. But I think it just comes to the territory. People expect you know, a certain mar yeah, margin of tampering, so who gives a fuck it's gonna, happen, like, it's gonna happen to everyone. Yeah, exactly. Month, month break, I remember someone asking someone about it and they said they do it so that it gives everyone a, a few weeks to like calm down. Get that energy out of your system, like Jira George from the like. It's basically to prevent riots. Like if they release the election the same day, you'd get people like up in arms over the results. So you give everyone like a a little buffer room to like get cooler heads and whatever. But apparently, this election was a huge surprise. Ahmad oh, ninety two seats. Yeah, Congress eighteen. Akali's three. Akali's are basically they got hit three seats. So BJP. The guys responsible for fucking over farmers and Modi's like national side got two seats. Akali's only got one seat more than them. So yeah. in that mind, I'm creating like an equivalence of like, well, the BJP and the Akali's are seen almost one and one right now. Akali's slightly better, I guess. I don't know. Um, no, well, it's slightly no way. They're they're on par. You can't just one one seat one more. Seat. That's nothing. Yeah, so they're I on mean, par. And their historical allies, America. they had, uh, well, allies in the sense like they had a alliance, uh, an alliance, exactly. So um, that's how they formed government. That's how they've been, you know, working together for fucking decades. So when one gets shit through, the other does too, right? And so, yeah, so Punjabi's not happy with the Kalis. Uh Congress 18, I don't know if I have any thoughts on that side. I was equated Congress with 84 and the national Indian, like the national side. But they've right. always been pretty popular in Punjab. Uh, yeah. Ahmadi Party know nothing really about them. Who are they? <sighs> to be honest, uh, I've always I don't, I'm not a fan of the Ahmadi uh, Party, but I'm willing to give you know Pugwant Man a chance. Um, but for me, they're a handout party. They're like they've always been. I guess you know it's a bad it's a bad equivalent or a bad comparison, but a, uh, an Indian version of the NDP where they're never. They were never really expected to get into power, so they would promise the fucking world and free this, free that. And uh, talking about free this, free that, uh, Bhagwant Man a few years ago said free Jitdar Singh Johal, right? Free Juggy. You think he has any? He's gonna continue no, that? No, it, it's, it's not. No, he's. I think that'll go quiet. Um, but like free power, free water, free you know gas, like or subsidized gas, shit like that. Like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I always equate him. I'll tell you why. So, fuck it. You guys call me Dilly Boy. I'm just going to use Dilly as an example. 
first of all, there's a lot of people that say he's Kejriwal's puppet in Punjab, which is bad for him. He's really got to separate himself from Kejriwal for me to actually fucking like him. Mm. Um, but when Ad Army Party, you know, won in in Delhi, I saw Delhi before that. And then I saw Delhi, you know, after about three, four years of uh, Admari rule. And I noticed something. So Ahmad actually like, did win. They won before in Delhi. Like they formed government there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, okay. they're, they're the government there now They've, for a couple of terms now. So in their first term, it was like two, three years into the first term. It was on a trip to Delhi. I live off the highway. Think of like a huge highway, like the 401 by Pearson Airport. Huge. Okay. A huge stretch. Okay. Like so we're really wide. Was really wide, and you know there's shops along the side of the highway, little like huts, mm. uh, and, and buses because buses go from there to Punjab quite often, right? And Haryana. So uh, you know, I go, um, I'm in Delhi. I see you know all these shops on the side of the road. I go back to Canada. Next year I come back, and these shops are no longer on the side of the highway. They're fucking on the highway. They've like ingressed. How and there's does that work? there's like a mini mini mall. It's it's fucked of like little huts on on the fucking highway, and yeah. and traffic has to go around it. And, and traffic is now like there's a reason why the highway is that wide. It's 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 huge. So I, I was asking my dad and, and his friends. I was like, Yo, what the fuck is going on? Why doesn't the government stop anything? They're like, look, all the money parties in power. They promise if you are you know of the socioeconomic class that's like low caste. Or a migrant from, you know, um, uh, Bangladesh or some other country, uh, or you know, Bihar or something. They'll be like, "Yo, come here, come here." Um, you know, we'll we'll help you guys get free uh, a flat, uh, some place to stay, get a job, get free electricity. They did, and then these people come here, they set up shop, they get all these free services, and I'll be like, "Yo, fuck, this is pretty good." All right, your cousin back in Bangladesh or, you know, uh, Bihar or whatever, come to Delhi, stay with me. And what do they do? They, they come in as well. The city doesn't have the infrastructure to fucking house and maintain and give services to these people. So what you have is one of the most popular cities in the world with a government that's giving out crazy freebies that doesn't invest in infrastructure and, and the network needed to support those people. But yo, in the news, the sound bites, it sounds great, but when you actually see the daily life and shit, it's fucking gone downhill. So you see the people I, daily want are the people have been there for a long time and like didn't vote for Adami Party. They're like, yo, fuck, yeah, fine. So she might be liberal, but like and some of your values might be okay, but like fuck, you're not a practical party, man. And it's fucking ruining our, our day-to-day life. Like hmm. the practical impact sucks. I hope that when Adami Party in Punjab takes a different approach and doesn't go crazy on these freebies and is pretty cognizant of like what, what the fuck ups happen in Delhi when you do that. You got to think like three steps ahead when you do implement any like policy like that. Hmm. So I really hope they do, they turn something All different. Right. But one thing you said, yeah, that I had a question about you said uh, Bhagwan Thman is seen as like a puppet of Kejriwal. Did I say his name right? Kejriwal. Kejriwal. Why, who is he and why is that a bad thing? Uh, so Kedriwal is um, the chief minister of Delhi. It's a union territory. Chief, um, okay. So, so he's, he's he's a yeah he's a premier of Delhi. Okay, okay. got Put it that way. He's the premier of Delhi, but he's the one who started this party. Mm-hmm. So um, he started the party. He won in Delhi. 
after he won in Delhi or in around like he was about to win in Delhi, he other branches of AAP opened up in other states. Punjab yeah, is one of them. Gotcha. Punjab is where it actually like took hold. Another in other states they're they're nothing. They're a joke. But in Punjab they're a vocal minority. Uh, so Gabriel focused a lot of time and energy on Punjab. on Punjab. Um, but his aspirations are federal. Okay. Okay. Um, so what it's think of this the, the fear is that a guy in Delhi will have a big that only cares about Delhi and his federal positioning of his party has a lot of say of what's going on in Punjab and that might that probably won't align but is is he a sick Kejriwal or no? no 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 he's not okay so that's where the fear comes from is we have like a non-sick having a puppet government non-sick non-Punjabi right wanting to control the interests of Punjab and yeah, Punjab's always yeah, been interesting because yeah. the way Punjab has been divided and created throughout the years with like the Punjabi Suba movement and all that was to maximize the number of Punjabi seats and prevent like a majority Hindu non-Punjabi kind of takeover of the province or state, right? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, you imagine this way, you know, like tomorrow, you know, uh, something that's been a big problem in Punjab, uh, you know, Biad Biu Gurun Sabji, right? But it's somebody of a sect that is very powerful and, you know, Kejival needs them to back him. He'll be like, yeah, we'll, we'll let this slide. But one mm-hmm. can talk about game or whatever, but like if Puppet Master and Delhi's like, yo, fuck it, it's not good for our federal position, then. So this is where the fear handcuff. comes. Like that, that's just a off the cuff example that I'm coming up with. Off the cuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is what's out there, but like that, just an example. So one thing I saw, read a lot about is some people were saying this is bad for Sikhi and that's the reason you're saying it's bad for Sikhi is you have someone who doesn't have interest or... Uh... Doesn't have, yeah, he, he doesn't give a fuck about... He doesn't have a personal investment in Punjab and the outcome of Punjab and the betterment of Punjab. His focus is how do I amplify this AAP win in Punjab and replicate in other states? Okay, but one thing that I've haven't really truly understood is Punjabis abroad seem to really like um Admi Party's uh, win for the most part. There's only been one person I've seen who's been like really heartbroken. Uh, a few people were sad. They're like, why didn't Simranjit Singh Mans Shudomori have a better showing? He had Deep Sindhu. He had, I think Lakha was with him. I think so. I'm not sure uh, actually. But they're just like, why didn't uh, Man have a better showing this time around? But then I thought historically Man hasn't had a showing at all. So is that really surprising at all? I think I think the hope was with the I mean it might be morbid to say, but the deep to the bump uh, that people were expecting him to take some seats, mm-hmm. um, and, and and you know start building momentum that all the Atomy Party did you know uh, years ago um, to you know now fucking have government form government, but. Uh, you know, to be honest, it is sad that Simranji Mon didn't didn't get any showing. I'm not saying I'm a supporter of him or detractor, but um, you know, I would have hoped for Deep Sidhu's sake that he, it would have made a difference. It doesn't look like it, man. It looks like it was it, people didn't give a fuck. It was just a clean sweep for AP. Like from where I stand, like as a complete outsider to many degrees, six year hate bottle. They say bottle has ruined Punjab. They say Congress and their captain, they he's ruined Punjab. You eliminate those two parties, both those parties. I did a quick look before this. Since 1945, it's always been either Congress or uh, Akali. I think you get rid of those two. 
And if you say both of them ruined Punjab, wouldn't you opt for whoever else is there? And that seems to be what Punjabis <sighs> chose to do. I think people, and you know, this is my opinion, but I, I've seen this, and, and I think it's a fair point. I don't think people necessarily hate Badal. I think they're sick of the nepotism. I think they're sick of his or the family's expansive um, influence on spheres outside of the government um, because they fucking own all the major businesses. They own SGPC um, and and they've formed government for so long um, that people are just generally sick of their influence, just think it's just too much and there's no check to their power, right? So I think think that's what it is. People don't necessarily hate them or, or think like, they want something bad for Punjab. They might, they might say they it might have sucked Punjab dry, but like they're not like it's not, they're not like Hitler, blood, right? They're not Hitler, yeah, they're not Hitler or something, right? But I mean, another thing he, that and, happened in this one is Ms. Musawala lost his run, yeah. and he was Congress, and he was getting chirped like crazy before, like yo, Enoki Pata, like who is he to even be standing in the election? Why is he running for Congress after doing all these Pantic songs, kind of to? Doing that whole uh, thing singers do, where they do a bunch of pathetic songs when they want to get. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there and probably draw a lot of ire of people listening to us. But like, yo, on him running for Congress, like, I don't have anything against Congress, a party. I know mm-hmm. they are the ones who fucked over Punjab back in the '80s and you know '90s. Um, but. Like, are we going to hold parties accountable in Canada for what they used to vote on back in 1870? Or, yeah, like, it doesn't even cost like, right? yeah, so, yeah. like, a party that one day once was, you know, uh, against females' right to choose what to do with their body today is a huge booster of it, right? Like, positions change, party policies change. But are we always going to, you know, slap them with the label of, like, oh, these are anti- this is an anti-abortion party? No, parties change. Um, in, in the same vein, I'm going to say, you know, like, Congress was pretty fucked up. What they did was fucked up. But they do represent, like, India's politics isn't left or right. It, it's left, right, and then it's in quadrants because they also represent caste as well, mm-hmm. right? There's a caste element. So BJP is, like, affluent upper class, uh, if I had to give them a quadrant, and but they're also like right wing, and in, in this they're right wing in a sense, like they're very nationalistic and push like a, a Hindu agenda. Then you have, you know, Congress, which is, uh, well, you know, work with lower caste, they're much more liberal in our Canadian sense mm-hmm. of politics, um, but uh, they don't have the same sway with, with with the people with like big money. They do with like newspapers and shit like that, but not big money, right? So, yeah. um, their their politics or spectrum is fucking weird and, and very different to get your head around. Um, but that being said, man, like if if Sidhu found a place for himself in Congress, you know, power to you, do it up, you know, bring the youth movement. But fucking sucks that you got basty. <laughs> I think he lost by big numbers. Yeah, I heard he got smacked, and so he's probably gonna go back really snubble him up. Not about it, but back to the studio to get his rep back up. Like, yo. Make some money because these guys drop co-op to get yeah. a seat, man. Like well, a million well, bucks easy. Really? That's yeah, what man. it comes down. I don't understand what the appeal for politics in general is sometimes. But I understand like politics gets you influence, which matters here and there. But a million bucks? Yeah, man. Some of these guys are paying like a million easy to fucking finance their elections. Did he want to run? I thought they kind of just someone just said, you should run. You're popular. You'll get votes. We need 
popular people or you think he sought it out um i was under the impression that it was kind of he was sought out more than him seeking it out who knows man it takes two tango it takes two hands to clap he might have always been interested in it and someone piqued his curiosity i mean or like maybe that's why he was doing this career he's like yo i'm getting affluence i'm getting in my voice now maybe mm-hmm. some point along his career he's like fuck it politics is for me and he's the one who fucking had his people reach out right we don't know but so, it takes he got smacked. Clap, man he got smacked. yeah that's, he got that's smacked the today. one hand went across his face today so yeah uh, no, that's pretty bad Sticking with uh, Punjab a little bit, I don't know if you saw this whole thing with, uh, there was an article written, I'm not sure. Who? It was written in Boz, which is uh, kind of like a Pantek Ezine to some degrees. Punjabi Ezine. Uh, it was written by Shamshir Singh of the UK, who takes a very left uh, Pantek stance sometimes. And his article was Shamshir Singh, Kendall Jeet Singh, Portray Shaheed by Jiswan Singh Kalra. For those who don't know, she's just in Singh Kalara. In the early 90s, that when Singhs were getting disappeared and picked up and killed, he was going out and documenting every case, going pin to pin, getting the names of all the kids who were killed, building this document of here are all the people that you killed. The numbers you're reporting aren't true. Here's the real numbers with real names, with their villages, with their parents. Like, here's... He was trying to document it more than what was being allowed to at that time. Uh, so in Sikh history, just once he called it as considered a hero because he tried to put, he tried to do the grunt work of what everyone knew to be true, but that the government was refuting and trying to do it kind of, I guess, taking a legal approach to try and counter the narrative. And he came to Canada. And when he came to Canada, it was celebrated. His speech is very popular. Uh, and he kind of had... Became, he became like this legend of bringing a real voice to the movement that was often dismissed as being very anecdotal. Uh, and then he was picked up and killed shortly after he came and spoke at the UN because uh, clearly India didn't want his research and work to come out. And it, for the most part, it has come out like stuff, whatever he was able to do. And I think other people picked up on it uh, did actually make its rounds and start getting presented so it was kind of, it didn't really work in their favor. But this was India back in the day when they thought they could just bully the shit out of anyone and mute them. Not realizing just how big a voice he had outside India. Uh, anyways, some Bollywood, uh, I'm guessing it's a Bollywood producer or someone. They approached the family, got the family to sign off, give rights to do a story about him and to do a movie or a biopic. Uh, and that has angered not angry Yo, it's, it's the words fucking biopic man come on bio biopic i thought it's biopic is it really biopic i don't know let's fucking get people to weigh in i'm pretty sure i got it right though yeah, all right if you see this and you have an opinion is it biopic or is it biopics i think it's biopic i think you're wrong but yeah anyways. it's like it's vitamin anyways <laughs> vitamin anyways so this whole thing sparked controversy over shamshir singh posing the question and i don't think shamshir singh was out of line to pose this question a lot of people on Twitter, including members of Colorado's family, thought uh, this was a little out of line, uh, which was, should we allow Bollywood to produce a video on a Sikh Shaheed? And okay. The, and, okay, so... I, 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 I got to speak in mind on this, but go ahead, finish. So, yeah, that was the question posed. Very split responses down the middle on Twitter which was interesting in itself, where some people were saying, you know, it's better to get the story out there 
this isn't going to hurt people from learning what happened and, you know, promoting it and just maybe even watching the movie and then going and reading up on it some more. And then the criticism or the fear that Shamshir Singh posed, which got a lot of support also was, well, you're going to hand this narrative over to them. They're going to water the shit out of it. They're going to say, no, he was a human rights activist, not a sick activist. And they're going to kind of erase Khalistan and that kind of stuff out of the movie and kind of just focus on, make it a very humanistic, secular type story. And okay. we shouldn't be endorsing these kind of stories. What we should be doing is writing really factual, hard hitting pieces directly. And we as a bunch should control the narrative and not maybe even the family itself was the general take. Uh, where do you stand on it? Go ahead. Fuck that. Okay. First of all, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be open and honest. Uh, I have a bit of a soft spot for Boz, Baj, Boz, uh, just because, you know, the founder's a nice guy or the founders are nice people. Um, so they got a little bit of shade for, you know, giving a platform to this story. Um, and I'm gonna, you know, shade gesture i'm throwing shade at you a little bit too my friends because man this this story was wrong okay and and it's wrong on so many levels first of all there's there's something you know who just wants in color is i know who just wants in color is i know what he's done i've listened to his speeches i've read about him uh i admire what he's done as a lawyer um fucking all lawyers are great um, <laughs> that's where it kind of comes down. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it comes down to. His story, first of all, I want to make the distinction. Correct me if I'm wrong. His story is not a Khalistan story. His story is about justice. His -hmm. story is about bringing light to the atrocities that were going on in Punjab, and then were being whitewashed by you know a government magic wand. He brought them to light, and he brought down a lot of people because of what he's done ultimately paid for with his life but it's not a Khalistan story so there's nothing see to that's like... where i think a lot of people get contentious though because some people say you can't wipe out what he was doing and those human rights uh things that he, atrocities that he was fighting without acknowledging where he stood on Khalistan also which apparently listen i mean whatever his opinions was he went out looking for what happened to his kids because he's trying to bring justice to their closure to these mothers he didn't. He wasn't laying the foundation or a cornerstone of a new nation. He's following Indian laws. He just worked the system. He didn't hand a gun. He wasn't, you know, wearing a banner on his chest. He wasn't going to Pakistan and fucking setting up camp. He's working the system. He he was doing a job of a lawyer and an investigative person, man. So in that sense, like, you know, uh, I disagree with you know um, that aspect of, of his article. Um, Kendall G, can Bollywood portray it? Look, fine, Bollywood, you know, has a bad track record of portraying uh, our movement or, or what happened in Punjab. But yo, man, I'll give Diljit some credit. Fuck, I, I talk shit about him all the time because my wife's a huge stan um, <laughs> and it makes me uncomfortable. But, uh, <laughs> um, so yo, there's some bias. There's some bias. I fucking hate him. Um, but yo, what he did with 1984, that movie, fucking awesome. What he's done during the farmers' protest, okay, uh, so being a champion. Done, I feel like it's worth. Okay, so during farmers' protest, he was—he's a huge icon. In he's—he's he's broken through Punjab, and now he's an Indian figure. He, uh, Bollywood celebrates him 
Um, you know, mainstream media in India celebrates him. He's an icon there. He's a fashion icon. He's a music icon. He's a movie icon. Okay. And he's also big in the West, apparently. He's huge in the West. Never. Yeah. He's just, I think he's a San Francisco guy. Right. Um, anyways. So when he says things, people pay attention. When he says things, it's not brushed under the rug. People outside of Punjab don't know who Jifan Singh Kalara is. Let me tell you that. I'll make a case in point. Our co-host Robbie a couple weeks ago was mentioning Jitswan Singh Kalara. I didn't pick it up because he's talking about some guy who went to the UN and gave a speech and got killed. And I was wondering who the fuck did that, right? And only later did we learn he was talking about Jitswan Singh Kalara. Like that name is on the tip of my tongue all the time. But the facts were so off that I couldn't even think of who Robbie was talking about. Our people don't know about him. Nobody outside Punjab knows about it. I can guarantee you that. What Duljit has done, he's this movie will start a fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. This movie will have people thinking about what's been done in the government and maybe question what you know, um, what the government is doing, um, what the police powers are like, um, and you know, maybe uh, give some more chatter about what happened in Punjab in the eighties and nineties, um, because you know. We, we're still working on lifting that um, reputation of being terrorists. No, we were, we were fighting the right fight. I mean, going against the government for what they're doing is wrong is not being a terrorist, right? And, and we need to own that story and we need to fucking um, put it out there and challenge like old biases and perspectives. And we really, to be honest, fucking win over the rest of India too. Um, because as far as I know, Punjab is not annexing itself from the country any, any day. Um, so man, kudos to Dilji, um, and kudos to the family, man. Fuck yeah, they can own their father's story. Um, they can put it out. They're still fighting the good fight. If there is some family that like hidden in China or in some other country not doing anything about it, then, then fine, you know, fuck them. But <laughs> they're, they're actually good people. Uh, I know his daughter's pretty active in pushing her father's message forward. So fuck yeah, they can own their fight or own their father's fight, own their father's right, own their father's story, work with whoever the fuck they want. And, you know, uh, if some guy, some Jeroni saying, yo, the punch should, um, you know, dictate what what goes out there and what movie gets out there, man, who is the punch? Who's going to fucking, you know, outline shit? <sighs> Putting it that position out there means nothing is going to come out. The only valid thing I've seen out there is maybe this movie should probably be a documentary first produced by like some Netflix or somebody big out here in the West, which doesn't have the reach of India around their throat. Um, But, you know, it's not a documentary. If this is the first thing that's out there, Diljit, a huge artist, you know, who's been fighting Kangana and the rest of Bollywood and challenging people in India to fucking support the farmers and showing our perspective on the grand scale, then... Kudos, man. Do your thing. I'll fucking watch a movie. My whole family will go out. If this is a movie, I watch, first movie I watch after COVID in theaters, great. I'll well, one thing it. I remember, I mean, one thing I'll say on this, you kind of summarized a lot of my thoughts. I don't throw shade on the article being, being written because I think it created this conversation. Without it, I don't know if it would have created the same level of conversation it's around unnecessary it. unnecessary conversation. It's not a conversation. Fucking unnecessary. But go on. I don't know if it's unnecessary. I do think it brings to light certain things that I think we should be questioning. One, who should be able to tell their stories, who shouldn't? I think the family should be able to tell their family's side of the story. They have a side in the story. If the Panth wants to tell their side of the story, represent it, by all means, make a documentary on it. And if you want, like, a factual... Make a documentary. People make documentaries all the time, right? 
And I do actually know that there was a cholera documentary being uh, put together kind of before COVID hit. And I know when COVID hit, it really killed, I think, the production on that. Uh, and I think that documentary should come out, put out a little doc. But here's the thing when it comes to documentaries. I'm more often going to watch a biopic or something a little bit more <laughs> more uh, Hollywoodized. And I'll probably watch the documentary. Maybe not. I don't know if it shows up on my Netflix feed. I will. But like documentaries hit a certain pe- certain audience. Uh, movies hit a different audience. And if that audience encourages enough people to maybe not even enough, I don't say you're going to get one to one transfer of people who watch this movie to go read a textbook on him. But some might more than would had they just heard about a documentary. Because I think when you make a documentary, you're attracting a very, very niche audience to begin with. Here, if you get a bit of a broader audience, you can funnel them into that niche uh, category. So on that thing, I think, you know, I'm all for the movie, to be honest. And I think a lot of times, way too many times, we hurt ourselves by over uh, censoring what we want shown that nothing comes out. I remember for the longest time, people are like, we need a Banda Singh Bahadur movie. Right. We need a Hollywood level Banda Singh Bahadur movie. It should yeah. be one of the greatest, it'll be bigger than 300. It'll be bigger, bigger than Gladiator. It'll be better than, than Braveheart. It'll be this epic thing. Imagine had we, like, why has that not happened? Right? It's because we as a community, one, can't agree on what parts we want to share on that story. Two, we would throw that, we would burn down theaters if there was any sort of like romantic uh, element to that movie, right? (laughs) Any sort of depiction that people didn't agree with. And and that's why people are afraid to make that movie, to be honest. Let's be real. If you know that you could risk spending a lot of money and then that movie doesn't even get aired and you have zero chance of making your money back because you've upset people or an upset at home, then you're like, well, maybe we should be more careful of what we write. But then you constantly, you're just like, I'm just constantly jumping through hurdles to try to get something done. The family says we're, the family has complete sign off and write off and like final say on what goes into the movie. If it's good for them, man, it's good for me is where yeah. I'm kind of coming at. Cause otherwise we don't get these projects to come out and maybe it's, you know, fair that some of these don't come out. Cause you're like, look, man, I don't want some freaking Tintu producer wanting to make a bio a crazy epic on a concept he doesn't even understand. And I'm also this thing where sometimes just listening to Kata for me, like the audiobook version of some of these things is great, but I don't know. Yeah, no, think... to your point, man, to your point though, like, yeah, biopics, they are where they are. They're easy to, to digest the story, right? Rather than a documentary. Uh, and you're going to hit a wider audience. So in that sense, it's great. Um, and fuck, I hope this plays in every theater in India. And it's not a thing where like India bans it, right? Um, and having Diljeet in the movie will probably tip the scales into making sure it's spread even out pretty wide. Even if it doesn't wide. get played in the theaters, I think it gets pirated if Diljeet's as big of a star where people are like, well, they banned it. In this yeah, era, yeah, exactly. You know, they're exactly. going to download the torrents and they're going to, someone's going to, might take a financial hit, but it'll be huge here. I think if it goes here, we're going to get Jakarta at theater type movies. Sure. There was Jakarta in 1984. I remember I was watching the movie. My entire family's crying. I saw four like young things sitting next to my family. They're all crying. People giving jakare as they're walking out. But yeah, fucking, we have articles like this saying Diljit shouldn't make a movie. And yo, 
Well, actually, one point I want to make that I fucking glossed over or didn't skip. Um, uh, Shinda, I'm going to accuse you of being in this echo chamber bubble of like having a lot of Pantic voices around you and not so much Punjabi. Fair enough. Um, Punjabi people's take on 1984 is much more similar to what was portrayed in Diljit's movie than like what the Pant thinks of like everybody thought that Kartkus were heroes and the fight against the government was a noble fight. Man, a lot of Punjabis will be like, yo, I mean, Juak Marte. So that's a very Punjabi take on this. That was such a fucking needless conflict, uh, you know, um, which, you know, if I'm going to be completely, you know, 10,000 feet, that's somebody, that's a fair point for someone to make. Um, so in this sense, you know, if, if these, this cholera movie doesn't take a hard, hard Bantik stand, but goes more along with the Punjabi understanding of, you know, this guy was just a good lawyer who, uncovered the injustice that was going on on these mothers on these families they didn't know what happened to their kids and what the government did to like silence them and, and like hide what they did and it's not made about Khalistan or the separation movement or what Indra Gandhi did and fucking Rahul Gandhi and all the Gandhis and Gandhus that like came from that family <laughs> um Look, you know who you cares on one thing who I cares? want to kind of put out there is I feel like I do get that Punjabi voice because I I like to pride myself on not getting too stuck in any bubble, like NDP conservative. I kind of try to be friends with everybody. So just and I'm I try not to get overheated or overzealous when I talk to different groups because I'm like, look, emotions kill debate to a de degree. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've heard that side of '84, like, and I've heard that side of you know Sanjay Singh. I mean, you know, he wasn't uh, like, like I hear all the derogatory stuff coming, and then I kind of pick and choose which side. I want to kind of go with in my mind when it comes to stuff like that i do have a bit of a bubble that i do acknowledge that i'm in uh but at the same time i hear the other stuff but sometimes i feel like that also comes from a place of ignorance too yeah for sure and so when people aren't fully brought into like yo why did uh the things have to pick up like arms what was happening in the 70s that made people like you know these guys were 100 peaceful in the 70s you know, they were quietly telling you, hey, we don't like what you guys are doing. You guys promised us this, you know, you're not really acting the way you said you'd be acting. We're feeling a little like second class citizens here. And then they got louder and louder and then they start getting killed and like, hold up, y'all, y'all ain't really with us. So when I see that, I'm like, you guys aren't acknowledging some of these crews. You see what happened in the 90s, but you're kind of glossing over what happened in the 70s. Right. So then I kind of pick and choose where I stand on these things. Um so it's not that I'm not in the, I'm too confined in the bubble that I don't hear what's going on outside. I just sometimes think the voices on the outside don't give enough back history to where they form these opinions. They take a very myopic, this is what happened in 84. We don't like that. This is the result of it. But I'm like, what happened to the 20, 30 years before that you have to consider that bred up to what happened in eighties. And then yeah, for sure. Right? So All right. I just want to cut that. Fair enough, man. I'll walk that back. But before we go to the next topic, I'm just going to give you, uh, I'm going to put a question to you. I don't want an explanation, just a yes right. or no. That's uh, a very political gun to your head. Say yes yeah, or no. Yeah, I'm, not, the fucking gun I'm, to already, head. I'm already thinking of how I'm going to get out of this. Dome to your dome. All right. Would you be okay, yes or no, with a movie of Banda Singh Bahadur, uh, Hollywood, Bollywoodized, where he does have a love interest? You Do you watch it, yes or no? Watch it, yes. Are you pro for it? It's... I don't know how they depict the story. Like, Banda Singh Bahadur is a really interesting character himself, right? 
And even within six, some people are like, oh, fucking politician. Right. I mean, I can't, you, you can't ask me what I support. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. Me. It's a simple yes and yes. Who no, cares? man. If it's a garbage ass movie, I'm not going to go. And if someone tells me it's a garbage ass movie, then I'll just be like, yo, it's the a garbage ass movie. The only, person, the only person or only group of people, fuck, can I say people? The only okay. group of people that I think are barred from, uh, you know, having movies about are the gurus, gurus families, uh, you know, Sants, Shahids, fair game. Hmm. Yes, so that's like, like I wouldn't be down with the Sancho Nelson movie either. I'd be okay in, with that. In 30 years, if someone, I'd be so anti Sancho Nelson movie. I get, here's where it goes. When people say Deep Siddhu reminds them of Sancho Nelson, I have like hair stand up on the back of my head. I'm like, like what do you know about Sancho Nelson? That's your comparison. When, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just because I analyze people in different degrees. Um, yeah, but like, you know, have, have like the fucking Denzel Washington of Punjabi cinema mm. play him. Or like someone, someone who's like, yeah, that guy's badass. You know, like, all right, no. sick. He'll do, the, he'll do the role justice. I'll be, so where I come across with this stuff is I'm not attending the protest to burn down the theaters or to burn down production. Fuck that. But I'm also not in the seats watching it. And I did this with a few other movies where I'm like, look, this story means too much to me for me to see your interpretation of it. It's not that I think my voice on the story is the only one. I don't, I don't want to feel a different way just because you're kind of, con- I don't know. There's a certain thing about I'd be okay it. with you know, a movie about Santa, so I don't know. I think if they want to do epics, they should, uh, I want them. I don't say, I'm not, it's like I want to see an epic 300 type sick movie. I don't know if it needs to be uh, nonfiction. I think they could do something fictional based on true events. Yeah, that's and right. I think you do something based on true events, and that way yeah. you kind of sidestep the that controversy of well, this person wouldn't. Have, you're like, well, this is a completely imaginary character that we're imagining in a time where similar things were happening, and I think that's how you work around it. And you do that, you make a completely sidestepped uh, thing based on true events with new characters, not our uh, fictional characters. I'll be like, look, it's fictional. I'm down. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we need to like then take the fucking pussy ass approach, man. Janda Singh Bahadur, not <laughs> Banda Singh. Like, fuck that, man. Come on, make a movie about him. Who cares? Let's get the show on the road. All right, fair enough. All right, I'm just gonna. I don't know if I agree or disagree, but I'll agree that I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go into the Ukraine war because it's still going on. The Ukraine Russia war. Um, yeah. I- there's hard. I want. I don't want to say there isn't more to talk about because it always seems like, oh, well, the war is still going on. Where do we think? I think last week I was kind of like, you know, the Nazis and stuff, and it makes me give a different uh, light to consider. But at the same time, when Russia's bombing these friggin' uh, maternity hospitals and kids and stuff, I'm like, and then I'm watching these video clips of like Russia looting stores, Russian soldiers looting stores and calling their wives and saying, I got you this shit. Oh yeah. Any resistance? Yeah. There were a few people there. We just killed them. Fuck them. Um, then I'm like, yeah, you guys are kind of shit bags. Right. Yeah. Like, well, but then we, that's war, right? That's yeah. is that just what we accept. Uh, but then I found <laughs> then 
the Chelsea mm. thing happens where the Russian billionaire's team gets suspended and taken away from him. And I'm not so much against like the sanction of or the team being taken away from him. It's a $3 billion team. I'd be pissed if I lost $3 billion. Or it's what's the story? Go ahead, fill me in. Well, I'll touch on the Chelsea thing in a sec. First of all, you know, three weeks of this war, it's pretty fucked. Um, you know, now whole cities are surrounded. There's a legit humanitarian crisis in, in, in Ukraine. So, uh, you know, um, whatever, you know, you feel about Ukrainians, you know, the government's kind of racist, whatnot, whatever it is. Uh, it sucks what's going on in that country. Uh, nobody deserves that, especially children and families. So that's fucked. Um, and, you know, wh whoever said that this is all part of Putin's plan, man, he did not expect the war to go three weeks. He's taking a bloody nose. And, you know, these sanctions are helping him. And these sanctions, you know, they're looking to nationalize like Apple and Microsoft and all that shit. It shows kind of stupid and wacky uh, they are and how desperate they are. But this Chelsea thing, fucking hilarious. First of all, fuck Chelsea and Chelsea fans. <laughs> Mr. Every Arsenal one of you. Right? Yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. So what? What is uh, that? You're a gooner? Yeah, I'm a gooner. So Enough. represent. Fucking um, But fuck Chelsea. You're in third place right now. Um, you know it's a tight race and what's happening with your owner sucks well i don't give a fuck because you know you, you guys are generally a racist fan base but um i like how you try to do that so that it'll sway people to hate them even more well yeah, there's already a good reason to hate them and now that their owner is getting caught in sanctions this guy this he's like a russian israeli guy comes from old money bought this team um you know he was trying to play the good guy like i'm gonna mediate some sort of truce with putin Fuck, putin doesn't listen to him for years he's been distancing himself from putin because he knew a day like this would come where he might lose his team so what does he do first he fucking he tries to say oh a trustee of mine will run the team well come on it doesn't even take a person with a law degree to figure out essentially you still have control of the team so this is kind of that, that this is kind of like what you were saying at the start of the podcast where it's kind of like Look, can I put this team under my wife's name? After yeah, yeah, the exactly. Started? It's okay. technically not me, right? Okay. So, so uh, you know, that's bullshit. So, fine. Then he comes back and he's like, all right, I'm just going to sell the team. Okay? My charitable organization aren't going to be the trustees of it anymore. I'm going to sell it. This is like a week ago. He's trying, And people are starting to come out saying, I might bid on it. I might bid on it. And then, boom, sanctions. Some of these sanctions suck. Dude some of the big ones and people don't zero home in on this right away but their away spending is capped at twenty thousand pounds okay so here's what i see i see uh further ticket sales to home and away fans are prohibited yep so season well, tickets are still good so you can't sell tickets well, to games only only tickets that are already sold uh or our season ticket holders can come to games um yeah they can't sell any new tickets away fans can't buy tickets and go to the games either um so they're missing out on revenue they can't sell any of their merchandise oh so yeah that's there too transfers and contract renewals like that's huge as far as staying competitive uh for next year and players signing on that are you know they have expiring contracts that sucks but then think of this and they think of like we we're making fun of phoenix coyotes a couple of weeks ago about how yeah. shit their their organization is and what their fan, uh, you know players are going to go through that's what's going to happen with Chelsea. 20,000 pounds. That's not enough to cover private uh, round trip flight within the UK. Okay. Already, yeah. like, fine. They, they bust it to most places, anyways, but those lavish hotel stays, gone. 
Champions League where you know likely the competition will be in like another European country how the fuck are they going to get there and once they do how are they going to feed their players how are they going to house their players like this is a huge fucking nightmare for these guys okay um their their um catering budget for uh home games is capped at 500k so okay. I saw a breakdown. Hold on, in so they're not allowed feeding their players? Is that what you're getting? No, at? no, no, no. They're the the fans in the stands. Fans in the stands own, are a nice little. They can only have five hundred k worth of food and drink that they can sell. Just okay? enough to like feed these guys. Yeah, exactly. So um, they broke down just the number of season ticket holders. Yeah, uh, and this was, I think it was in the Athletic. And the athletic, so you know, I'm gonna say they're kind of reliable. They they said that breaks down to 17 pounds per season ticket holder. Okay, okay. so all season ticket holders, there's about 17 bucks of food and drink for them there. Yeah, and that doesn't account for fucking the corporate sponsors that have boxes and expect fucking spreads and open bar and shit like that. So they already lost their jersey sponsor as well. They're losing hemorrhaging crazy money. If I'm a fucking player and I'm asked to fucking pay for my own hotel or like, yo, we're getting Airbnbs for an next road trip. Yeah. They go, fuck this. I'm calling my agents. Get me the fuck out of here. Or, yo, are they even going to be paying my wages in a month or so from now? Like, what the fuck? Can they I'm afford me still? Here. Exactly. So this is a nightmare scenario. This is a nightmare so, scenario for Chelsea. So they're basically a repo auction at this point, aren't they? I don't know, man. Like he's allowed to sell the club from my understanding is he's allowed to sell the club but he can't make a profit from the sale but it seems like if he sells the club all revenue goes to the government or UK? I, I, I don't know how they're going to navigate that but they're going to make sure that he does he can't benefit is what they're what they're trying to hammer home the club can be sold they'll issue a license for the sale as long as they can make sure that he the designated person doesn't get a benefit from the sale but does he get his money back? Like, what he paid for the team? Yeah, I, I'm assuming like he might just you know. And they can take whatever the profit push, is, and the like, proceeds go somewhere else. I don't know, but like, like fuck. Didn't he himself he this... say he's willing to sell at cost and give proceeds to some charities or whatever? Yeah, as as long as you pay back the loans, and those loans are from him, one point five billion. So fine, give me my one point five billion loan, and then sell the club at cost. Jerk off. I mean, that seems fair, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Loads. No, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I There was something about this that really struck me, which is the fact that a government can come in and eth- is it ethical for governments to be able to just repossess shit like that? And I know Russia's doing it the same way, right? Russia's now coming out and uh, they're saying, we're going to take over Apple or any company that leaves Russia. We're keeping your shit. Yeah, I mean... Fine, keep it. But like, what the fuck are you doing? The stock supply runs out. Like, what a stupid short-sighted move. I don't understand. It's just a matter of. I so guess yeah, like Russian sure Starbucks are in charge. Yeah, but I guess they're in charge. I remember them saying like, "We have copies of Twitter on Russian servers. So if Twitter were to get out of Russia, we're gonna." Yo, on this point, like, of you know, Russia showing that they're strong. I'm just gonna like go off see the this, fucking. Right? Like yeah, Netflix. I saw this. I saw this. I saw to this. To leave Russia after defying order to carry your state-run channels, where Russia's like, you got to carry our shows. And Netflix's like, you know what? Peace. We're done. I'm gonna go off script for a sec. And script, I mean, just a fucking outline. Um, but I listened to this uh, podcast uh, this week with Trump on on with the Nelk Boys. Yeah. And the Nelk Boys were just you know trying to get him to talk about Russia and Putin. You know Trump's view on it. 
Um, Trump kept I mean, on going about how the election was rigged. He kept on finding a way to redirect it to that. But yo, he had some interesting fucking points. All right, what do you say? I, and I'll put it to this. I'll put this to you. He's like, yo, Biden's too soft. Okay. Okay. Biden, try, you know, you got Putin on one side saying, "I'm a fucking nuclear country. Countries better fucking remember that." Right. Uh, when they're sanctioning us or doing anything against us, like he's taking a strong, like strong, firm approach. Biden is coming off as passive, like, okay, okay, like we're not gonna do a no fly zone because that might ruffle feathers. You know, fuck you. You should be like, yeah, well, America's a fucking nuclear power too, and we have a better air force and can fucking shoot you out of the sky sitting from sitting here in the USA. So, you know, be nice, play nice, fight nice, and we won't jump in. But if you fight wrong, then we will. Like, show your stick, right? Um, so, you know, to fair point to fucking Trump. And, and, you know, like, we made a point a couple of weeks ago about how what Putin's doing is making all these other European countries run to NATO, which might be the opposite effect. Well, with all of the West uniting against Russia, like, Russia's now in bed with China, and that's that never was the case before because they were shared a border and they're kind of rivals on, on certain things. But now they're fucking getting back to like they're like this tight. They're Are they close, just still, closer. I know they're getting close, but at the same time, China's also using China's this. investing. China's investing crazy in, in Russia. They're buying out fucking things because they're getting it like cents on the dollar now. Everybody's pulled out. Yeah, everybody's pulled out. Right. So China can step in. Um, but so, isn't that making Russia China's bitch? China sensed a moment of weakness in Russia and said, this is our way to flex a little bit yeah. and like put them under. Our... Yeah, but like, you know, where everything like Visa, MasterCard and stuff were all Western companies and the <laughs> Western banking kind of had a control over some of uh, Russia's going ons. China's right. now saying, well, now that they're out, we got the system that works and we're going to come in and we're going to keep it working for your citizens. So you're going right, to be but... our... Uh, what's what's been the narrative for like i want to say the last 15 to 20 years that china's an outsider china goes against the grain of the west yeah and so is russia so we have two large countries large economic you know powerhouses that were not friends before have similar aligned similar on politics similarly on politics and now due to this conflict and being ostracized by the rest of the world are being pushed collided together you have other countries like Germany fucking beefing up their military and rearming like something like Germany is a bad track record when they have an army, you know, <laughs> in Europe. but like, it's, it's such a weird fluid situation. And, you know, but to China, I, China's I, thing, China has been kind of, kind of cozy up to the West to a degree. They want to be a Western with what? nation. With what? Like with fucking, you know, imprisoning or, canadian diplomats and but that's also people. after that's and a, fucking that's with a, the usa over the of the huawei but thing. a lot of that stuff's tick tit for tat right where u.s does something in china like well we're not gonna shy away from doing it back to you and usually these things get resolved when the u.s is like okay we're gonna end our cases against your people give us our people back type thing yeah, it's the US is on china china chinese trade and china has done the same thing right now so I, I I don't know. I don't think they're that close. And I think they are kind of drifting apart. And I don't know, for me, I saw this great GIF. I should find that GIF and share it here. But it was uh, it was a Royal Rumble. Like you had uh, WWE SmackDown on one side, Monday Night Raw on the other side. 
the two champions in the middle. People put their names on, like, oh, this is India, this is China. China it was like U.S., Russia, Ukraine. And all of a sudden, U.S. comes in, and then China comes in. But then Russia accidentally punches China. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you got a war. And then India comes in, he jumps on someone. And then Pakistan comes out of nowhere and smacks the like gets in a fight with India. And then all of a sudden, all these guys who seem to be on a black and polarized left and right side of this whole conflict, all of a sudden they're beefing with each other because of like, I don't think China wants Russia to be bombing maternity hospitals. They kind of also want to hold a narrative of, look, you need to do this within the Nazi thing, but the fact that you still haven't, and now you're targeting civilians, we don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, man. We need, I feel like China still cares about what the West thinks about it. To, to a degree, but I think they're watching and taking notes what's happening in Russia. But, yo, I mean, I'm going to go back to what I, what I started with, like, Trump was actually raising some legit points, and these are some of them, man. I was like, yo, this is not so far out of the box. I can't believe I this is the day I've the day has come where I'm boosting him. But yeah, he's not so you know out to lunch. I feel like Trump's whole thing is we got to be Monday about this. We got to let them know that we're we got a military too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. If Trump was doing it though, we'd be like, why is Trump warmongering? Like, there's a legit consequence to saying some of these things, and I think that's where Biden's and maybe most sane presidents would be a little bit more concerned of, look, we they do have nukes. We have nukes. They have nukes. But the end games of nukes in the air is civilians dead, right? right? You're not hurting militaries with it. You're hurting civilians more than not. So at the same time, you don't want Trump agitating and like chest out to a guy who could nuke right. you, even if you could nuke him back. Like, what's the end game there? I was, I was listening to the you know, the, the ex Finland PM actually talking recently uh, on a podcast. And he's like, yo, in what, 2008, Russia took Georgia. Yeah. The West look weak because they did fuck all. Then in 2014, you know, Russia took Crimea. And other than like some mild sanctions, the West did fuck all. The West has been looking weak for so long. Um, now they look stronger than sanction from, but like they're still not able to deter Russia from doing anything militarily. Like the West does look weak. I think the West looks fucking incredibly weak, uh, especially when they look so inept saying, you know, um, that we're not going to more openly support <coughs> Ukraine militarily. Um, that Poland, you know, airplane thing where they're going to donate the planes to fucking Ukraine and the U.S. should resupply them. Like, there's so many examples, man. I'm ranting a little bit, but there's so many examples of militarily how the West looks a little weaker than they they could. They could look stronger. There's, there's All right, so we're talking about people looking stronger. weak. One person I want to say who kind of who still maintained to look strong, and maybe this is just out of sheer production quality, is uh, Zelensky, the Ukrainian pre uh, president. This guy did a video posted on Twitter because people kept saying he's hiding, and so he did an iPhone video of him walking. Through to in his office showing the city being bombed and just kind of doing like a walkthrough back and sitting at his uh, desk and then all of a sudden it's like a perfect cut to the presidential capture of him sitting at this desk and I think what he was trying to say is I'm not shooting these videos from America in Hollywood with a green screen I'm out here and maybe it could have been a green screen like that stuff whatever uh, but he's I think captured a lot of imagination with what a leader should look like when it comes to this shit and the fact that in that video he's like ukrainians are here to fight we're not here to bend over and he even threw russia some olive branches saying listen we know what you've done let's talk about these uh two 
I guess the regions in Ukraine that Russia's contested, where they have rebels and stuff, they're like, I'm open to talking about what we should do about those. But just know that Ukrainian men and Ukrainian women are here to fight and Ukraine's not bending, not taking a knee just yet. I thought yeah. that was dope as hell. And I think he's coming across as like one of the most epic leaders of our time. So I'm going to twirl my much tip my hat to the <laughs> Jatju Zelensky. I mean, fuck badass. You nailed it. Um, what he's done is also obviously set a benchmark uh, for future leaders because quite often what these guys do, like Afghanistan, the fucking guy just, you know, booked and runs away and, and he's was, in exile. Remember that, one that, of the, that's, that's the norm. I remember one of the quotes was the U.S. called him or was it Canada who called him? And they're like, uh, hey, buddy, we can get you out of there. The US, yeah. And he's like, no, what I need you to do is send me more bullets. Yeah, I feel send like me that, ammunition. I feel like that's going to be one of those epic moment tweets. But at the same time, man, it's not about these captors. If the U.S. wants to like nut up, get in there with him now. These guys are legit letting their boy get brucked the fuck up and trying to like find ways not to get involved. It's like two crews standing around and their dudes getting his ass kicked. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, no, nah, let them one-on-one -on -one it. Let them one-on-one -on -one it. But, And they're like picking their guy up every time he gets knocked down. Yo, yo, we got you. We got you. Stand up. At a certain point, the cousin's got to jump in. At some point. And I think, and we know they're going to jump in. I know they're going to jump in. I think you should know that they're going to jump in. I think they're wasting their time letting civilians get battered by trying to wait this out. So I hope, I think they're still hoping that Russia's just like, we've taken, the cities are fucking surrounded. Every day they make like, what, 100 meters in, 200 meters. They keep getting closer and closer. Stop wasting your time. Nut up. Get in that fight. Yeah, Hundo. They, they got to find a way to be more active, man. This is... This I'm not down fucked. with this. Uh, I'm really not down with this. He's our boy. We support him. Stop fight, fucking with him. But, hey, man. Our hands yeah, are tied. It's, 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 either, it's either this is not us. This is a Russia-Ukraine thing. But, like, you can't fucking go on and say, oh, we support them. They're, dem they're a democracy. We support all democracies. You know, we pray for, pray for fucking, fuck you. Don't pray for fucking Ukraine. If you're going to do all that, fucking go in. Or just say, yo, it's between them and it's not our problem. Like, really, I know. It's like, one or the other. They're waiting for an in. Like, they have this rule book of reasons they can intervene. And they're like, well, Russia technically hasn't broken one of these uh, reasons. They haven't. I think they're saying biochemical might be a reason for them to get in, but they didn't do that in Syria. So they're like, well, maybe they, they don't. I don't know. In my mind, they're waiting too long and they're playing by the rule book. And when it comes to these things, these rule books, they got to be a little bit more uh, flexible. It's about maybe. time the CIA plants in, in Ukraine, you know, s set up a fake yeah, gas uh, gas attack by Russia. But that, that, give everybody well, excuse. So going down this narrative, <laughs> so I was doing this mental exercise of, Yes, I want Western countries, I kind of want NATO to nut up and stand up for their boy. Or they want them to be honest and say, listen, we're cool. This is a one-on-one -on -one thing. We ain't getting involved until these things happen. But in my mind, I'm like, look, man, if they're your boy, shut the fuck up, get in there. And if they're not your boy, stop with the bullshit, right? Yeah. Um, but then I'm like, Canada enters this fight. Russia's like, fuck you guys. Nukes in the sky. They're coming down. Uh, they probably aim for Toronto, low key. You aim for the big cities, right? Yeah, and if yeah, you're going no, after Brampton. Canada, I mean, you. But Brampton, are we in the radius of most nukes? 
I heard now like the more modern nukes are so fucking pinpoint that you can you can have huge ones. So I'm sure the bigger ones, yeah, they could probably like cause damage 30, 40 kilometers radius, which is us. Like they're going um, for Ottawa for sure. Do they just go for the capital to prove their point, or do, or do they go for like? I think, the, the I think Wawa, most people will just military bases. Like, where do they assume? Attack? They just assume like, that Toronto's the capital. <laughs> like Brampton's such a fucking sleeper community of just straight civilians. There's no military thing here. But then I'm like, yo, man, if they go to war, we're kind of fucked. We're not like rural, five-hour drive. You know, this is when I take my family, like, oh, brothers. They're, they're going to control the 401. This is when I call my brother up and be like, listen, you got a room in Kenora? Because I, I, know, I don't know where the fuck Kenora is. Ain't you know no what? one fucking bombing Kenora. I would love, I would love for a military expert to kind of break down that if someone were to take Toronto from, I guess, the north or the west or the south, how they would do it. I'm so curious. So what the strategy of, like, conquering what the, the strategy would be, yeah, yeah. Look at the train, look at the roads, look at the resources. Right. And, like, how so that's it. an open invite, then. If we know someone or if someone was listening. Yo, fucking number one war correspondent on Twitter, <laughs> Jeet Sidhu. Jump in. <laughs> yeah, jump in, fucking. Oh, man. Give us a breakdown. I'd be so... See, that, now that I said, yo, I'd book it straight to Kenora. At the same time, I'd be like, yo, fuck. Maybe we should stand and fight, too, No. But how the fuck yeah. do you fight a nuke? Like, what the fuck do I... St- I'm standing here with, with a friggin' uh, With a Luke cardboard with, Luke, Luke shield. With like, how do I even fuck with nukes? Hold on, say that again. You cut out. You're cutting out, sir. Hold on, hold up, hold up. Bro, your internet connection just died. Roger just said, fuck you and your, int- your strategy. No, 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 no. Hold on, you're just circling, circling, circling. Give you a second. All right, you're back. Sick. Go, go, go. All right. So, Hypo, hmm. Russia's attacking Canada. Yes. But they attack from uh, Nunavut in the Arctic. Okay. Are you are you signing up to go fight up there? <laughs> are you going to wait till they get a little more south? <laughs> I think I'm going to wait until they a little bit more south. Yeah. Like, yo, you got a lot of land. Is. You guys can deal with the fucking polar bears for a minute. Still. Yeah, I'll wait till you hit, like, Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're waiting real south, eh? Yeah, bro. I'm like, all right, yeah, I, I fucking going up the territories to fucking fight Russia, man. Let them come down here. It's too cold up there, man. What the fuck am I doing? Like, not that many people up there, anyways. It's like, yeah, there's not really that much of casualty that I can expect there. It's just a straight. They're gonna run out of gas. Look, they ran out of gas going into Ukraine. They ain't fucking coming down here, man. Yeah, That's not. <laughs> they ain't paying what two dollars a liter, two twenty a liter. Hell yeah. They ain't paying that shit, man. They they're out. They're gonna see the gas prices at SO and be like, "Yo, we filling up here. Move yeah, on." But t- tell the people about fucking the real battle that's brewing in Canada. The real battle that's brewing in Canada. We so the CPC election. We've been talking about it last little while. Uh, it's starting to get a little more heated. Brown said he's gonna enter officially not officially he's gonna officially tell us that he's entering on sunday um we've got a few more names in there there was an interesting poll that came out though let's see if i can get that poll up here yeah, that was pretty uh, cool. i'm gonna share this poll with you guys real quick check this poll out this poll asked a bunch of decided decided voters 1338 decided voters uh people in quebec obviously we're only shown the block quebecois not the rest of the Canadian polls, people being polled. And they said, who would you vote for here? If Peter McKay was the leader of the Conservative Party, who would you vote for? LPC won 33 to 30. That's really close poll-wise. 
that means the poll doesn't know what the fuck. It could go either way. That's too tight to call. Pierre Polievri, 34-30. Still really close, in my opinion. Jean Charest, we're starting to see a bit of a split. Jean Charest, I guess a lot of new people don't know who he is. Old conservative head from uh, Brian Mulroney times, I want to think. Yeah. He's from that era, the Chrétien, Paul Martin, conservative times. Free Harper type, big conservative. Patrick Brown, our boy, getting murked. Yeah, Ain't fucking no bad. one fucking with Patrick Brown. 37-30. And I mean, look, polls this early in these kind of polls mean diddly squat overall. And a lot of times they're being released to really push a narrative sometimes or thing. But at the same time, they're interesting thoughts that is Brown really this hated? I, I or this just, unknown? I think it's just the unknown factor. Um, I think if he runs, he gets a couple of PR, you know, articles out there. He's a very easy guy for him to, you know, show, Hey, I'm one of the younger leaders. I can speak. I'm, I'm still with it. I'm a centrist. I think that'll speak to a lot of people. Um, and I think it'll fuck Pierre a little bit, man. I think he, he gives Pierre did, you know, a lot of competition. Peter, I mean, it's great to see him in the poll, but I don't see him running anytime soon, realistically. So... You know, I'm gonna disregard that. So I'm really, I'm looking at four names to be honest, man. Um, out of these four names, Patrick stands out the most to me, and I'm I'm kind of wondering why. What would happen if Roman Baber was in this poll? And the reason why I say that is right now, like the social cons will vote for Pierre, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, if Roman runs, well. That well, he's in there. Roman said he's in there, so yeah. So okay, so when Roman runs, like that must fuck over Pierre a lot because the so so cons which were in his tent right now, well, they don't need to be in his tent anymore. They got Roman is their number, and the thing that differentiates Roman and Pierre is Roman was day one anti-COVID. He was like exactly. fuck these rules, and he can say I was so anti-rules that I got kicked out of my party for it. I'm, I've been sitting independent since, and I'm a true conservative. But they kicked me out because I said, you know, I spoke out against COVID and the COVID policies and stuff. So Pierre, he's dope. He's cute. But he ain't about that life. I'm about that life. Pick me. Um, so I do think Pierre and Barber kind of steal each other's thunder. Brown and Charade, they kind of fuck with each other, though. So they kind of go after that. Like, uh, center leading. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And then... So then it's really which side has more of a say. And I think Pierre doesn't... Who wins against uh, Trudeau is going to be the real question that these guys present to their parties during like thing, right? Obviously, they got to make whoever makes more members. Uh, Brown promises GTA, says, I, I'll bring you guys the GTA in Ontario. Charest says, fuck you, I bring on I bring Quebec. Right. Right. But here's where it gets well, interesting, though, is Quebec was very... They were at the heart of the convoy. Like if you look at money donated and the liberal MPs in uh, Quebec kind of doing press conferences saying we ain't fucking with our party on this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can a centrist uh, Frenchie do it? No, I don't think so. And that's where I'm going to tip my hat to a board patty. Um, because if you can deliver the fucking 905, then everything else is achievable. And I think Brown can make good on the 905. Like, it's not an empty promise of, I think I can. Nah, he proved he became mayor of a friggin' 
left town, was a yeah. leader going into this election before uh, the whole CTV scandal that came out. And then CTV eventually had to apologize, saying, yeah, yeah we fucked that up good. Yeah. Uh, I think, so I mean, I'm biased too, because I kind of like, what kind of, everyone's like, wait till he runs and all the shit starts coming out about what he was doing in the city. I don't know what he did in the city that has everyone up in arms or saying, just wait. Um, I think the response from everyone in the city is, yo, Brown held it down. Um, no, I think, like, I think in the city, there's a lot of um, scandal yeah, but- about him hiring his boys and putting them in nice positions and, you know, giving lucrative contracts out to people he knows. Stuff that's always been happening, but apparently, apparently, it's more pronounced with Brown. Um, but here's where I differ is Jeffrey did so little of anything when it came to this stuff where she really was like, I'm going to play by the books. Then nothing was getting done. Cause everyone's like, look, to get anything done with the city, we need someone who's willing to kick the tires and push the bureaucrats. Cause the bureaucrats just want to sit up in their ass was the general consensus. And I think people who have sway and influence appreciate that Brown was willing to help them, but not bypass things maybe, but kick the tires a little bit more than Jeffrey was. Yeah, make moves for sure, man. I mean, look, Linda Jeffries will always be, in my mind, the one who f- who couldn't win over the LRT project as it was intended to mm-hmm. in Mountain. Whereas um, Brown kind of has a... It was on her watch. Where, where if Brown was there, I think he would have fucking rammed it down someone's throat, whoever was like against it going all the way to City Hall. Um, so in that sense, you know what? Like his method might not be right, but it works. And it was working. I mean, I, I think the city was on a good track record or good trajectory these uh, last few years. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The West is where it's going to come down because I know Pierre's campaigning heavy in the West right now to gain members. And here's a little thing. For, if you're interested in how politics really works, if you want to be in any politician's camp, per se, or you want to have sway in the influence of the direction that the country goes, you got to get in at the ground floor when these guys, when this party is dog water right now. Like this party right now is floundering, trying to find a face. You got to find a candidate and you got to deliver them 200, 150, 200 members. If you can be help them now before they're leader and they become leader and you brought them 200 members, that's a voice at the table that you have when they get in power. That's where power, this is where power brokers are made. So if you're made broken, huh? Made or broken for sure. If, if you're overly with one person and they get smacked, and you're not able, here's the thing. If your guy gets smacked, this is the beauty of politics. If you make 200 members for a guy and he gets smacked, you get one olive branch from the guy who smacked him saying, are you on my side? And that's when you got to choose carefully because that's your lifetime party uh, exactly. alliance, right? So I've known people on both sides of guys who got smacked and they stayed with the guy who got smacked and that guy never was able to recover. And all of a sudden this person has zero, you're not able to all of a sudden come back to you know, the power king, the king, right? You, you no longer have a seat at the table. Yeah, you're never going to get that seat at the table. Politicians, yeah. even when I got, Justin Trudeau remembers every single person he approached for members when he was running for leadership that said, no, he remembers that. All leaders remember who wasn't there for them when, at the start. They do remember who was there at the start and they give them a, a seat. I know people are like, well, they're only, they're only given a seat to a certain degree. If you want to be get into politics, this is the time you do it. This is when you prove your worth. 
by can you deliver 200 members? Can you deliver 300 members? And you do that and help one of these guys become leader of their parties. And you got you to choose carefully. You pick the wrong camp to go and you're fucking yourself up. But this is when it's done. So this is why this is one of my favorite times in politics is the early game, because this is when we really see who, who the next generation of power brokers is made. Um, I mean, looking, just to like tie this up, I mean, when, when Patty goes, I love to see who's going to jump in and feel fill All that I'm void. saying is, Patty, we've boosted the shit out of you. You're coming on this podcast. Look, yeah. Pat, Patrick Brown legit unfo- unblocked me and started following me. So I'm hoping that I can get... <laughs> I low-key <laughs> low think I, we can get Patrick Brown on this podcast. I, I'm boys with uh, some of his inside guys. I feel like we could do that. Do we have questions we want to ask him? All right, we'll we'll put it out. Someone, uh, our someone 50 reached, viewers, 50, 60 viewers, if come any on. Any one of those people can reach to out. You know what's fucked up is this is what goes on my mind. This is my mind calculus. We get Patrick Brown on. Every friggin' media agency is gonna go through every single podcast we've ever released, and then is that something we want dug up? Eesh. You delete everything prior to 2016. <laughs> yeah, all that shit's deleted. We've been good these last little while, no? We've been all right. I'm sh- but here's the thing. It's on the internet somewhere. Someone might find it. Anyways, apart from us potentially getting our asses fucking grilled by the media, if we ever got someone notable on here, uh, Calvin Ridley, I don't even know what that transition is right now. Calvin Ridley, an NFL player suspended for betting $1,500 at yep. some promo he was doing for someone. I don't have much to say on this, but yeah, apparently kind he was caught with gambling. But this is this is a weird, weird world we're entering into because like sports gambling is getting legitimatized all over Canada and the U.S. now. So before players couldn't even talk about, oh, what yo, do you know what the odds are for me to do this this week? Like shit like that. Those conversations weren't allowed, but now like they they will be. They're gonna be like in the back of players' minds. They'll know what what their you know spread is. They'll know, you know, with that two seconds left, I can easily do this layup. I mean, we hear that in uh, my post hate. games, no? Where it's yeah. a post game, they're like, these guys had us as the negative 500 dogs that we had to go in there and win, you know? Like, they kind of... But, but like, this, this is a new world, so, like, I don't know exactly what Ridley did. And owners are uh, invested in, like, in these uh, league, not these leagues, but these uh, casinos to a certain degree, and even like fan duels and all that, they promote the yeah. shit out of them. Like the same networks that are playing NFL nonstop are, you know, the NFL is partnering with some of these betting sites to a degree. But now they're telling this guy like, yo, and he was betting on his team when he was injured. He wasn't even playing. He had no like way to influence the game, but they're saying, and he's like, yo, it was $1,500 that I was given as promo credit. It wasn't even me like putting big money in 10 that's years. Hilarious. I had no idea or, if that's the truth. That's a joke. $1,500, he said he was uh, fine for a year, with, t- and that's a $10 million from his contract that he's forfeiting? That's shit. That's $10 so million shit. Dollars over 50 that's, that's a bad bet, man. That's a bad, yeah, that sucks. I mean, all right, we spent a lot of time on a lot of shit today. Bonder of the week, bonder of the week. I need a sound effect for that. Was that good? Can we just throw in, like, some chimpanzee sound? That's going to get real interesting if we ever... I feel like we could get in trouble for that if we ever pick the wrong person. Oh. It's got to be would, a little bit more PC. People do... How about Donkey? Donkey. Yeah, Donkey has no racial... Anyways, I'm digressing. This guy <laughs> drives me crazy. I swear to God, I hate this guy with a fucking passion. 
And I'm not just being a hater. I know I hate on a lot of random people. My man here is show his face. Show his face. Show his face. Show his face. Right here. Kokoreja. This guy annoys the yeah. shit. Like more than Gary Pandey and more than the Maritime Panga group. The person I legitimately cringe at when he tweets. And I've I've don't he he's everyone's probably like, oh I, this guy sent me a follow request. This guy's a follow bot. They tries to get you to follow him back by sending you follow requests, hoping you follow back. And I'll eventually unfollow you and he'll follow someone else. Look at this guy. Fuck. Proof that he has a follow bot, 1.4 million following. That's a shitty ratio to begin with. Ain't no one looking at their timeline with 1.4 million followers. That's just like a pipeline on Twitter. Every second. He's not using Twitter, man. Complete yeah, media whore. I hate this guy. This I guy even this dragged guy. his wife and kids to dress up because he knew this shit would get him likes. And it works, right? Fuck, 606 likes, 85 retweets, 7. Fuck this guy, bro. It's sad to say, but there's four people in that picture or video that will need fucking counseling someday. I just hate the fact. I don't. I don't know how to define my disdain and my utter disgust for this human being other than the fact that you're willing to cloud chase to this nth of a degree. And he does this all the time with Rand, every single issue. He's the guy that when there was a terrorist attack in Spain and in all these small countries, tweets the map of the Gordora that can barely handle 10 yeah. people saying, go there for shelter. And everyone in the Gordora is like, bro, we can barely take care of ourselves right now. And now you got 2,000 people at our doorstep saying, we're going to take care of you because this nutbag on Twitter sent us there. Fuck this guy all day. Just fuck him, man. I don't really, I have nothing positive to say about this guy at all. Yeah, Hundo. But you're right. This was a donkey move I saw today. And I, what a joke. I cannot stand him. Go to the yeah. week. Do we have anyone that we want to nominate as go to the week? No, I think we're a slow week on that end, man. No one positive. No one's done anything worth. Uh, Yo, I'll, give it to, I'll give it to Zelensky. On the way Zelensky? out. I feel like Zelensky might be a week-to-week -week, uh, favorite. Yeah, so no one's really knocked him down yet. Let's see who does. All right, so we got Zelensky as our... Uh, what was our thing for it? W go the, or Go to the Week? I thought we had another title for it. Whatever. Oh. Zelensky, Zelensky, good. Kokreja, cocksucker. On that note, anything else you want to say? Uh, no, man. Enjoy your time in Colombia, Robbie. <laughs> I might actually be away next week and the week thing. Oh, I don't know if I'll not. Like, I won't be able to record. I'm going to definitely be AFK. So, you got to figure that shit out. Um, I'll give you guys my notes on how I do this shit. But, damn, it's going to be a fun week. I'm going to be streaming every day next week. So, if you're bored and you want to see what we do, just log on to Twitch. I'm back on Twitch, by the way. I kind of went back. Nice. <laughs> after, like, back. Eight, after eight months, I crawled back to Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Iron Bangle with a one. And yeah, just annoy me on Twitter, whatever you want. If you disagree, we love the fact that so many people do are interacting with us now, kind of like and telling us what they liked and didn't like about the podcast. So be sure to like just tune in. And yo, you can leave a voicemail. If you want to be on the podcast, leave us a voicemail. Uh, I'll drop the link. It's an anchor FM slash much ado about nothing, I think. It's a, one of the links that gets tweeted out. You can go there and there's a way for you to click leave voice message and you can That's leave amazing. a voice message. So leave us a voice message. If it really, uh, if we really irk you or send a WhatsApp voice, voice, send us, in. send us uh, feedback, uh, and sexy notes, please, please. <laughs> what the anonymous, anonymous. 
man, I'm not playing no sexy notes. That shit's just gonna get us in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I've Thank seen God my wife doesn't listen to this show. It's not even gonna be sexy notes from like. Females. It'll be dudes. It'll be it's dudes. gonna be dudes telling us that they're gonna suck us <laughs> off, and I'm gonna be yeah. so freaking flustered and awkward by this that I won't be able to play this. It's bad enough if it was female. I don't want these notes from females, but if it's a guy, I feel even weirder because I'm not part of. The, I don't know. Yeah, well, Does that make I'll just ask. Ken, give me the phone number. Does that <laughs> be my response? Yeah, that's going to be good. Anyways, leave us voice notes. We're down to hear what you guys got to say. If you have all an right. opinion that differs from us or agrees with us, or if you just want to tell Randy he's, he's an idiot, by all means, just leave a voice note punking. And if it passes the censorship board of complete objectivity, we'll play it. I have no problem playing something that someone calling me an idiot. Calling me an idiot. I'm used to hearing that daily. Um, but yeah, Randy, anything else? That's it for me. Off to a night of uh, working late. Peace. <laughs> yeah, we took you to a lady. All right, everyone. Enjoy your night. Peace.